as United Methodists gathered here in this area are called to make a part of our lives if we are going to be intentional about our faith. In fact, it is in the very essence of our covenant with God in the church. Will you be loyal to uphold this congregation with your prayers, with your presence, with your gifts, with your service, and with your witness. Today we're focusing on the third of those. And the way in which we have titled this is that blessed people bless people. Say that with me. Blessed people bless people. You know that it works that way, don't you? If you don't think that you are blessed, it's very likely that you're going to not do much for those that are around you, even in your family. They will pick up on that. If you are worried over something, doesn't your family know that you're worried about life? They will hopefully help you bear through it and arrive at a different point. But if you do feel blessed, don't you know that you share that with the world around you as well, right? People can pick up on the fact that you are blessed. God wishes for us to be a blessed people. There is a passage of scripture that I want us to turn to. It's told by Luke about Jesus. It is the story of Zacchaeus. This is in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Listen to this story again. I know that you know it already very well, but listen again. He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half my possessions, Lord, I'll give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because... He too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. You know this, don't you? You know this story well. I mean, you were taught it, probably some of you at least, in Sunday school. Zacchaeus was a wee little man a wee little man was he he climbed up in the sycamore you can go ahead and do the motions Lord, he wanted to see and as the master passed that way he looked up in the tree and he said 
Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today. I'm going to your house today. Some of you are trying to act like you don't know that song. <laughs> it's a catchy tune. It really is. And I have not yet met a preschooler who didn't love that song. As I was in the hallway this morning, one parent said to me, he said, you know, you're preaching on my son's favorite passage of Scripture. It is a song that endears itself to us, this nursery rhyme almost. But one of the interesting things about it, this little catchy tune, sort of, it, it almost makes Zacchaeus seem like a leprechaun up a tree. Have you ever thought about that? It's, we, we need to look beyond the song to understand the depth of this story that Luke is sharing. It's more than a nursery rhyme. It's important that we remember who Zacchaeus was. Zacchaeus lived in Jericho, this city that was very, very wealthy because it was positioned in an absolutely crucial place where commerce traced its way through every street. Zacchaeus was an opportunist of sorts. He had seen the opportunity to earn money even though he knew it would put him in some place of disrespect among his fellow Jews. Maybe he did not perceive just how bad it would get. Did you pick up on the passage that I've just read to you? All who saw that Jesus was paying attention to him and was going to his house, all who saw it began to grumble. Not a few, every single person who saw what was going on. It didn't matter if you were among the poor in the community or the wealthiest in the community. Everybody was despising the tax man. He was not just the tax man. He was the chief tax man. In fact, it was unlikely that he had anything to do with actually being on the street and collecting the money. If he was in charge of the tax collectors, he sat in an office somewhere and he sent his lackeys out to do the business. Somebody coming down the street might be caught off guard by the tax collector who steps out of the shadows and says, I'm sorry, sir, but you'll have to show proof that you have paid taxes on that donkey or on those things that you're carrying. I imagine that people tried their best to avoid those places where they knew tax collectors would be camped out on the roads. But they would eventually get you. It didn't matter whether you were rich or whether you were poor. 
Is there anybody here that earns a paycheck that doesn't have a few things subtracted out of it? Does that ever grate on your nerves just a little bit? Now, we're, we're on the, the, the uh, beautiful celebration of a country that is celebrating Memorial Day this weekend. And in our hearts, we want to be patriotic members of this wonderful country. But we let it get into our minds that no one should be taking what is ours, right? Well, the people that were around Zacchaeus were feeling that same tension. And even more so because they were in an occupied state. Zacchaeus was actually working for the opposition. He was working for Rome every day that he went to work. He was doing something that would make somebody very, very angry. He skimmed money wherever he could. He took it off the top. He took it off the bottom. He took it wherever he could. When he collected taxes, he wielded the power that had been given to him. And he lined his pockets with the money that he, he was able to get hold to. And yet Jesus saw through to what was going on in his life. You pick up on this if you read through Luke in its entirety or any of the Gospels. But particularly Luke pays attention to this. That Jesus in his ministry goes out to especially connect with those people that have been marginalized. Those people that have been ostracized, those people that have been pushed to the edges of importance and are no longer in the community anymore. Isn't this the story of Jesus reaching out to the poor and to the lame and, and to, to those that are diseased? Jesus being willing to touch the lives of, of those that the community had just abandoned. And here he is with Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus had played the system better than most for his personal advantage. But don't you think that Jesus looks at all of us? And he knows our angles. And he knows how we concentrate on our own personal advantage. Money has an allure that can become all-consuming. It does not matter if you are wealthy or if you are poor. Did you know that money can consume you? It has that power. That's why Jesus speaks of making that choice. Between 
God or mammon. You cannot serve both. In fact, Luke is the one that brings this so to our attention. He has Jesus saying, no Slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in wealth. The next sentence is interesting to me because Luke points out that the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all this and they ridiculed him. Now, I thought it was the Sadducees that were the ones that loved money so much. It was the Sadducees that were the wealthy ones in Jesus' day. It was the Sadducees that had the ruling place in the temple. They were the ones that were the ruling class and that had, had amassed their wealth. But it says here that the Pharisees were the ones that loved money. Well, could it be the case? Shoot, maybe it's like, maybe it's like us. Everybody loves money, right? Come on, look at me. Don't don't change, don't change the vision now, right? All of us are in that dangerous, dangerous place of serving that which is less than should be served. Zacchaeus had given himself completely to money. It was, it was the dream for him. No more was he worried or wondering about how Israel would have its liberty restored to it. That was not priority. That was not priority for Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was thinking about nothing more than amassing his wealth. We tend to measure our success by the stuff that we have or that we might have. Do you have anything that you're thinking about buying today? Big or small, do you have something on your mind that you would just really like to have? Is that something that is worth the amount of time that you're giving to it? The thought that is being consumed. Zacchaeus was consumed by money. I was browsing through a furniture store not long ago. I love to look at junk, and there was a lot of junk in this used furniture store, a lot of junk. The guy that owned the shop was near the front, and as I had wandered through the store and was making my way for the exit, I knew there wasn't anything really that I wanted, I walked past him, and I glanced just just briefly glanced at a Formica top table. Do you remember the kind that has the little aluminum edge around it? An ancient table sitting there. And he, he caught my interest, which it was very little. And he said to me, he said, he said I'll tell you what, sir, I, I would not sell this table to you for $10,000. You go ahead and offer it to me. 
I would not sell this table to you for $10,000. Well, now he got my interest. I said, what makes this table so valuable to you? And he smiled and he said, that's the table that was in our house when I was growing up. My mama and daddy sat across from me at this table. And I ate breakfast, lunch, and supper with them. He said, I will never, I will never part with this table. I thought to myself, that's a pretty simple thing. If that's at the top of his list to hold on to. My list is a lot longer and a lot more complicated than that. He realized, strangely enough, that he was a blessed person with the simplicity of that table. Zacchaeus, in that conversation with Jesus, the truth broke through to him, as it always does when we talk to Jesus. Just talk to Jesus and tell me that truth won't break through. When Jesus was speaking to Zacchaeus, truth broke through to him. In fact, salvation began to bubble up from his very core. And he said to Jesus, he said, listen, this day, half of what I own, I give back to the poor. And if I have defrauded anybody, and you can just hear it along the back walls of that house, if he has defrauded anybody, if he has defrauded everybody in all of Jericho. But he said, I'll give four times what I've taken. Where do you think that leaves him? We don't know the rest of the story. But you can imagine, can't you? It left him with nothing. Nothing. But let me ask you, who was the happiest man in Jericho that day? I guarantee you that it was Zacchaeus. You and I live such complicated lives. I shouldn't ask you this, but do you remember that we preached a sermon series last fall about make all you can, save all you can, give all you can? Don't tell me if you don't remember, okay? I guess I don't want to know that. But it was... It was a consideration of what John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, was calling for us to do. He was calling for us to respond to God with our lives and with that which we have. One of the important questions for us as we connect with the church here is will you be loyal to the church and uphold it with your gifts? Will you arrange your life in such a way 
as to bless others because if you really are blessed, if we are blessed by Jesus, then we will want to bless others. There is this joyful balance that can be found in learning to live simply. I love rocks. I've got a bunch of rocks in my office. You're welcome to come and see them someday. You can get rocks from anybody because they don't cost a nickel. I ask people, bring me a rock. You're going somewhere, bring me a rock. This week I got brought two rocks from Alaska. I love to balance rocks. I didn't balance these. <laughs> this is pretty good. <laughs> but I have balanced some. And it's, it takes a lot of focus. Have you ever tried this? It really is a simple concept, but it takes a lot of focus to live simply takes much focus too but this is something that we should not miss because it is at the very heart of what Jesus is calling us to do if you are blessed then what is your response Zacchaeus knew it he knew it and he wasn't going to miss the opportunity for the rest of his days, I have no doubt that he lived a very, very simple life in order that others might be blessed. Let's bow our heads for just a moment together. Lord, we come before you this morning seeking to live generously this is a countercultural way to even think but you have blessed us and you stand before us and we before you expecting a response we ask father that you would guide us help us as we seek to respond as courageously, as joyfully as Zacchaeus did. We thank you, Father, for your blessings. Use us, we pray, as a blessing to others. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen.